Hello, my favorite empaths. Welcome or welcome back. This is the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm an empath coach and energy healer. If you are just now joining, first of all, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you're just joining, you're joining a community of not just any empaths, but elevated empaths who embrace their duality, harness their empathic superpowers, and live consistently from their authentic soul energy. I'm so glad you're here. The podcast has been my focus right now, which I'm really excited about because we're having so many amazing, wonderful guests. I think they're the best guests in the entire world. And we have another one for you today. Last week, we had my dear friend Niaz, and I know you all loved that episode, and I'm so glad that you did. It was one of my favorites, and this one this week is another one of my favorites. We have a wonderful guest on this week. But before we get into today's episode, I have some updates for you. I want to let you know that I have two one-on-one coaching spots open right now. So if you've been interested in getting one-on-one empath coaching with me, we dive into uncovering your roots. We get into the roots of why you are the way you are, what's blocking you from manifesting money, career, relationships, anything you want. And we work together to rediscover your authentic soul energy. And we live consistently from that space, which naturally leads to you manifesting your ideal life, the one that you want to live and not the one that others want you to live. So the link will be below to apply for coaching to learn more. I also have Akashic Records readings. So if you're interested in communicating with your spirit guides, your spirit team, your spiritual CEOs, ask them any questions about your past lives, your current lifetime now, career, relationships, money, family, home, manifestation, any blocks in your space, and we can work together to remove those blocks, heal that energy, and make you feel like yourself again with the help of your spirit team. The link will be below to book your Akashic Record reading. I also have animal communication readings. So if you have been wanting to know what your pet is thinking, feeling, why they behave a certain way, or get any answers about their health or anything like that, the link will be below to get an animal communication reading. Also, you can always open the Akashic records of your pet of a crystal, of a plant, you can open the Akashic records of any life force. So that is also an option. Just want to make that very clear. So if you are curious about communicating with your pet's spirit team, you can get an Akashic record reading. You can get an animal communication reading. We can do a combo of both. The animal communication reading is communicating directly to your pet and their energy The Akashic Record reading for your pet would be communicating with their spirit guides and their spirit team. You can learn all about my offerings at lisabtag.com, L-I-S-A, B as in boy, T as in Tom, A-G.com. I also have instant downloadable PDF guides for instant guidance and support. The link will be below to get your guides. The one is 
elevate your empathy. So if you're kind of curious about coaching, but you're not sure if you want to dive into all of that, that's a really good place to start and get some, a little taste of what coaching would look like. Elevate your empathy is that guide. Then there is spiritually syncing with your cycle guide. That is how to connect with your menstrual cycle, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, a little bit of physically during each phase of your cycle, which we talked about last week with Niaz. So each one is $33. And if you purchase them both, you can get it at a discount for 55. The link is below for that one as well. Today on the podcast, we are joined by a fellow intuitive, a fellow TikToker, Alexandra Joy. She is an intuitive actor, writer, director, She specializes in channeling, self-love, empowerment, and she helps her clients by connecting with their spirit guides to bring them clarity and solutions. So Alexandra and I got connected on TikTok and it's one of those things that you're like, wow, you can actually like make really great friends on TikTok, on social media. We got connected when one of her videos was going viral. And we talk about that in the podcast. It's a very interesting story, how she went viral, what energetically was happening when she went viral, and the not so fun parts that happen with social media when you go viral. So we talk all about that. We talk about her journey, discovering her intuitive gifts. And I I get a lot of questions about this, and I know she does too. When did you start your spiritual journey? How did you discover all of these intuitive gifts? What happened? So we talk about her journey so that you can get a really good, I think it's really good to hear a bunch of different stories about how people discover it because not everyone is the same. And she discovered her gifts when she was really young. And it was more of a discovering that other people don't have those intuitive gifts And I didn't have that experience. I discovered it much later in my life. And so I think it's good for my listeners to hear a bunch of different stories so that you can be inspired to start tapping into your intuitive gifts no matter where you are at in your life. We also talk about healing after toxic relationships. So if you've listened to the Empath Narcissist episode, if not, go listen. But if you've listened to that, We talk about how to heal in the aftermath of that toxic relationship and how to trust yourself to not go back to that cycle. So we talk about how to set boundaries, sticking to those boundaries. We talk about breaking those addiction cycles, addiction patterns, and how to take care of yourself, especially when you don't want to. Alexandra has such beautiful, amazing insights And so much life experience to learn from. And so I was so excited to have her on because she's so open and willing to talk about all the things that she's gone through, her relationships, her relationship with her parents and how it manifested in her romantic relationships. So I think you're all going to find this so valuable. Don't forget to like, comment, rate this podcast five stars, share it with your favorite empath, subscribe follow, write me a review, and DM me to tell me what you think about this episode and what you'd like me to talk about next. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Elevated Empath. And I hope you love this conversation and I will see you at the end. Elevation Nation, 
Welcome or welcome back. This is the Elevated Podcast. I'm Lisa. I am joined by a very special, special intuitive, someone who is very dear to my heart. We met on TikTok, which we'll get into. I'm really excited to talk about TikTok. (laughs) And she is just such a light and so wonderful. And I was really excited to bring her on and talk about being an intuitive and all of the things that come with embracing that. So we are joined today by Alexandra Joy. Alexandra Joy is an intuitive actor, writer, director. She specializes in channeling self-love and empowerment. Alexandra helps her clients by connecting with their spirit guides to bring clarity and solutions. Welcome, my dear. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to jump in to all of the wonderful things that we're going to talk about today. We're going to cover a bit, which I'm excited. So we got connected on TikTok and it was around the time you were going viral, which we'll get into. (laughs) We'll talk about that (laughs) Um, because it was a, it's an, it's an interesting journey for anyone, but I really want to talk about your experience and your experience being online. But first, give the people, tell the people a little bit about you. You did a a great job introducing me, but yeah, I'm I'm an intuitive. I'm an artist. I uh, love to work with clients on a plethora of things, but I often find myself focusing on uh, just really giving guidance through spirit guides uh, more than anything. You know, people come with all kinds of different uh, issues they want to tackle. And a lot of the time, actually, I have people come and they're just like very stuck and they have no idea why, uh, which is really interesting. That's definitely yeah. something that happens a lot. And we always figure it out. <laughs> right, right. It's funny that you bring that up because that's kind of strangely how I'm feeling right now. So that's probably why we're talking today. <laughs> just how it always happens divinely. Of course. Um, well, yeah, I'm so excited to talk more about, you know, your work and what you work on with clients the most. But let's let's start with TikTok because that's how we got connected. And you were going viral at the time that we got connected. And then we did an exchange together. And so I'm curious to hear from you what your experience was like when that was happening. What was going on with you? Why do you think you went viral energetically? Let's start there. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, you know, we're all manifesting things. Any of us who are creators on TikTok, um, especially conscious creators, we're all trying to, to manifest that one video that will hit. Um, and I had, I had been putting some energy into that, but I was really, really surprised how going viral actually felt at the end of the day. It felt horrible. <laughs> it didn't right. feel good. <laughs> it felt awful, yeah. uh, which was really surprising to me. And uh, it was very interesting because it brought about, um, you know, I, en- I ended up getting, I think, like 80,000 new followers when I had that one video hit, like 13 million. And that was awesome because I've got so, so many fantastic people uh, in this group of conscious uh, people and creators on TikTok, which I love. But it did also come with a lot of uh, a lot of hate, a lot of bullying. Having been bullied in middle school, that brought up all sorts of old wounds that I didn't even know were still there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a very strange experience. I thought that it would bring me um, 
a certain elation. And really, it made me want to hide. Uh, being seen made me want to like run and hide so fast. Yeah. From some friends that I have who are also in the same space. And when I had a, my first kind of few TikToks that went semi-viral, I was experiencing the same thing. I was like, whoa, this was not as exciting and <laughs> lovely as I thought it would be because there are so many people who you know, the trolls and everything like that. We just experienced one on my live and you were there. (laughs) We did. Uh, Oh my gosh. I never know what to do when that happens. We, yeah. uh, Lisa was live and I was uh, in the live and she had someone come in and this has happened on my lives too. Someone come in trying to quote scripture and say, don't follow this evil witch, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my God. Gosh, it is always so surprising to me when that happens. Yeah. It's very much like, I think I'm just going to block this person. I kind of was caught off guard, even though you know, you think ahead, like, I know what to do in that situation. And then when you're in it and you're live in front of everyone else, you're like, I want to tackle this right. Totally. So, how have you kind of set boundaries ever since then? I'm sure you had to set boundaries and navigate the aftermath of that. Talk me through that. Yeah. So I I definitely had people trolling me for months after I had that one go viral, which has been just a wild experience. I am very quick to block people. I'm very, very quick to block people. Um, Some people have other philosophies about just keeping it all the way open. And I understand that. But for me personally, uh, I do come from a history of trauma And I don't need anyone else trying to tear me down. I'm working against enough of that programming in my own brain, you know? So I'm very, very quick to block people. I'm not afraid of that. (laughs) I I agree. I mean, I think that if that is the way, I mean, for me, that's been a way to set boundaries in the right way because that's just how it needs to be done sometimes. And you know, there, there's this tendency to want to like argue back, but that never works or goes anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really doesn't. For me, at least. Not for me either. And I, I, one thing I did realize too, is like half the time I would get comments and uh, just, especially having gotten trolls and stuff, Uh, my brain started to take any comment as someone trolling me or someone bullying or being uh, aggressive or whatever. And it was interesting because I actually really like started to be very conscious about not responding to that kind of stuff because it would take a lot of my energy and it could really just throw me very, very quickly into a a nasty spot energetically. Um, And I realized like if I went back and read those same comments, maybe two days later, I could, they might be totally different. I might be like, oh my gosh, this person was actually giving me a compliment here. And I've just gotten so conditioned to like <laughs> feeling like I need to defend myself that I took it the wrong way. And so it is interesting because once, once you get a certain amount of uh, negative energy online, it's really easy to just kind of feel like everything is that way. And so it's so important to like really disconnect. uh, And also just like, I used to really hang on my notifications 
just really, really watch them come in, whatever. I try not to do that anymore either. Ever since that experience, which was a few months ago. And you have been so magnetic online and your presence is so there. How did you go from wanting to hide to where you are now? Oh man, if that hasn't been one of the biggest struggles in my life of just like the, the conflict of knowing I'm here to shine and being terrified to do it. Uh, really just with everything else in my life, I, I really just had to say, okay, fear, I feel you. I see you. I see you trying to protect me, but I have an intention here with this online presence. I have an intention here with this community we're building and I have been able to help people in a really a significant way um, you know, some of the letters I get from clients after sessions, months down the road, especially, I love those when things have all kind of played out and everything's bloomed. Uh, right. So beautiful. You know, those are always really good reminders to me of like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. I'm not going to go hide under the couch, uh, even if I feel like it, just because someone who is not feeling good about themselves that day and is going to anonymously be a jerk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And I think that's such a big part of the work that we both do with clients is just helping people get over those fears, because that is what separates people from what they want, is because getting there is such a scary and uncomfortable place. So how have you kind of navigated that in your work, especially as an intuitive, because I'm sure you were met with comments like she's a witch <laughs> or things like that. Where did you start getting comfortable with the uncomfortable? Oh gosh. You know, I, um, to be honest, it was really difficult for me. Um, I grew up in a very, very conservative Christian family. My dad's a, an Episcopalian priest. My grandfather was a pastor. Um, so kind of coming out as an intuitive <laughs> was a journey for me. And, and I'm queer too. I'm bi pan, what have you. And so like that, that I came out in that way and that felt really intimidating. Uh, and it felt even scarier to come out as intuitive. And really um, I moved away for about two years somewhere where I knew nobody at all. And I found this amazing shop called Goddess I Am in Naples, Florida, just astounding people there, really, really astounding people there. Um, And it was funny, I just went in actually to like look around. And the owner of the shop, the head psychic came up to me and she was like, so what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I I act and direct and whatever. And, And she was like, No, no, what do you do? Uh, I was like, oh no, (laughs) she frees me. (laughs) And so like having the freedom to really explore that, both in an environment that was outside of my norm, away from the place that I might normally get a lot of judgment, and also to have found people who uh, really resonated with me and who really saw what I had to offer uh, even though I was still really kind of hiding it to some extent back then, uh, that support was such a big thing. And honestly, I had been manifesting that kind of support uh, and that kind of mentorship for about two years before that. That was something I really like put pen to paper, wrote very specifically what I wanted in that. And I really got it. It was incredible. I think that's a great thing to note is 
maybe you are wanting to become an intuitive or a coach or whatever it is, but sometimes instead of manifesting that end goal, sometimes it's good to manifest the mentor, the teacher that can provide that guidance and that support for you along the way. Cause I think that's so important. Talk to me about, I want to back up a little bit and talk about how you discovered your gifts. Where did that come from? What was that story like? So it's interesting. I was, I was born with a lot of ability and for me, it was less discovering that I had gifts and more discovering that other people didn't. (laughs) (laughs) like I talk about talking to spirits I was like seven years old talking to like dead relatives and everyone was like what and I was like oh wait y'all don't do that (sighs) um yeah so stuff like that and it was interesting when I was a kid like I I would go up to women in church I would be like five six years old go up to women in church and tell them congratulations on being pregnant. And sometimes women didn't even know that they were pregnant yet. And they'd get like offended. And then two weeks later, come find me like rushing after me after church. And they're like, little girl, how did you know that I was pregnant? Um, And I was like, what? Everyone doesn't just know when other people are pregnant. So it was really more like that. It was very weird to realize that, uh, that I just had this different kind of layer of existence that I was experiencing that not everybody was in tune with. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was really cool to later find people who also had uh, different gifts. Um, like yourself, you know, I really value, uh, I really value my friendships with other uh, intuitives and conscious creators. It's just so cool to, to relate like that. It really is. I love that. Especially, I think, you know, as, as we're kind of <laughs> talking about the, the trolls on TikTok, there is that other side of connection and we wouldn't have been connected without TikTok. So that I'm so grateful for just to Me be too. able to have that community and watching you kind of work your gifts in ways that you've, you know, developed how versus the ways that I learned how and just how different and beautiful all these different experiences of connecting with spirit are. And I, I bring that up because you made this video that I was laughing at when you were like, <laughs> I was like two and I gained consciousness and realized that I was in for it. Oh yeah. That was, and, I, that is one of my first memories of just like having a moment of watching my parents fighting. And I was just like, Oh no. I have infants raising me (laughs) and I am not an infant, even though I am currently. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, that's what I was so interested in because I have like no memories from that time really. And I've kind of had a very different experience. So I love kind of hearing about someone who just kind of has been like, Oh, you don't have these gifts. (laughs) I've been used to it. But when I look back, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. But I wasn't tapping into them. That I think is different for me versus a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot of, I think a lot of intuitive people have experienced a lot of trauma and abuse. But I was experiencing really hardcore trauma and abuse just like from the get-go. And so I think it really forced my system into getting more in tune with gifts that were already very, very present. Uh, I was just kind of forced to develop them very quickly, which is like an amazing 
blessing and survival blessing. Um, but also like, it, it feels alienating to have them a little too developed as a child, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So when did you start to work on it, learn and develop those things? Did you study with people kind of walk me through where you got to now? When I was about 19, my gifts like wouldn't shut up. There were many years in my childhood that I like tried to yeah. <laughs> squash it down, you know. And uh, yeah, about 1920, I really started questioning my outlook and my perspective on a lot of things. And those gifts really just were at the table, whether I wanted them to be or not. And I just started reading. That was how I really first started exploring this. I read everything I could get my hands on, all sorts of different uh, spiritual, religious doctrine, anything I could read about um, people who had different abilities, different clairs, what have you. And I really just like researched for a solid like five years before uh, even fully jumping in. And then I started going to, uh, you know, crystal shops every chance I got (laughs) 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 and just hung out there uh, as much as I I could and tried to uh, connect with more spiritual people and just soak up that energy, any knowledge I could. I just kind of listened to the people working at the shop, talking to whoever's coming through, giving whatever advice they had. And, uh, and yeah, just started making those connections. And then eventually when I spent that time uh, in Naples and connected with Goddess I Am, that's when I really had some like very solid uh, mentoring. And that was just such a blessing. Amazing. Because I think that's, I'm sure you get this question a lot, because I do. Where did you start? Like, what, you know, what did you, how did you discover this, all of these things? And I think like reading is such a good place to start for a lot of people if they have access to that, because it's, it's a good way to just kind of figure out what you want to investigate. Because I'm sure in your position, you said you grew up relatively religious, conservative. So you had to kind of reframe the way that you were seeing the world. Yeah. So much much of the reading was just understanding and digesting different perspective because I had grown up in a pretty insular perspective. Um, And so, yeah, it really was just opening that up saying, okay, what else is out there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you grow up in something so insular, you really just don't... I had no idea. I didn't grow up knowing anyone who was psychic. Um, (laughs) You know, that was so not in my world. Um, And yeah, it was was just really... I I can't... That's what I suggest to people all the time too. And they ask me that of like, how do I start? Because it is overwhelming when you first kind of start to dip your toes into it because there's a million billion different paths within spirituality, you know, there's, there's so many different things to look at. And, uh, and yeah, just soak it up, see what resonates run after that. That's what I always say. I want to talk about your work now. And what you're working with clients on the most, what do you see that your clients are coming to you for the most right now? And what does your practice look like overall? I've been seeing a lot of mother wound lately. (laughs) I have plenty of mother wound myself. So I I always tend to attract clients with mother wound. And I'm I'm always uh, really happy to offer some support, uh, 
especially for people in situations where I, I really needed some support and didn't have it, it really feels like a blessing to be able to offer that. But I'm seeing a lot of people um, with enmeshment mother wounds right now more than anything else. I've been seeing it at an, in, an alarmingly increasing rate, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us are reevaluating a lot of our relationships, if not all of our relationships right now. And uh, of course, we always have, regardless of how good, bad, ugly your parents are, we've always got something with our parents. So it's been so interesting to see how so many people have experienced this, uh, this wounding by enmeshment. And let me expand. When I say enmeshment, I'm referring to quite a few different things, but um, parentification is one thing very specific within enmeshment where a parent makes the child uh, take the position of therapist or spouse, uh, a position that's inappropriate for the child to be in. This happens a lot of the time uh, with mothers specifically when the father is absent for whatever reason. Um, And you see it you see it, you can see it with any gender, but there's a, a huge, huge amount of people who have experienced this kind of wounding uh, in a in a mother son relationship, and uh, I see m- way more f- females than males in my practice, just generally. But this is something I've seen in almost every single guy who's come through, and mm. it's been just so uh, illuminating to me. Uh, this this parentification, this enmeshment, not allowing the child to really be an independent person relying on them too much, relying on them inappropriately, be that in childhood at present times, all of the above, which is what it normally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. It does so much damage. It really, really does in a very deep way. And it's something that we just like, don't talk about as a society. We have this, um, and I know this probably better than anybody growing up with a really abusive mom, you know, people, the second I will say that I have an abusive mom, People who do not know me, do not know my story, always, always try to shut me up about it immediately. Uh, People do not want to talk about any mother figure in any negative way. uh, And I think it's really dangerous. I admire that you talk about that so much because I think whether you had or have a good or bad or anything in between relationship with your mother, they're always in your space. And you're always in their space. And I mean, that is who we literally came out of. So there is so much to break down, especially if as you're starting a spiritual journey or just to become more independent from them. I had a pretty good relationship with my mother growing up, but it get it there's still stuff there that is whether it's resentment or just any little bits and pieces of that that I find myself working through with other people or like through <laughs> other people or in my practice. So I think I love that you talk about that because it's so it's the case for pretty much everyone yeah. to kind of figure out the mom stuff and the dad stuff and the sure. parental stuff. But the mom is such a big one. It is. It's so important our development. That's why it affects us so deeply. Yeah. And I, I admire the way that you have worked through that relationship with your mother. I mean, it's something that I find so magnetic and attracting about you because you have just worked. It seems it appears that you have worked through so much there 
in this I lifetime. Have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. It, it doesn't you. disappear. It is that way. <laughs> And in this lifetime, I know that you've talked about the fact that you've had past lives with her. Yeah. That goes kind of goes into some of the meat I wanted to talk to you about today because you talk about healing from those toxic relationships, setting boundaries, empaths love boundaries. We talk about it all the time here in Elevation Nation. Love it. Going about healing toxic relationships. Where does someone start? Oh, gosh, isn't that the question? Um, You know, the first thing for me and all of the relationships that I've healed, and the first thing that I really see for my clients is just gaining an awareness of it um, that is more of a curiosity than anything else. Because when you come from a place of curiosity, whether you're tackling something like this or anything really, you're going to be able to see things clearer. Um, You know, those of us who are in toxic relationships anywhere on that spectrum, we're often fooling ourselves about, uh, in the very least aspects of whoever we're in this relationship with, and also aspects of ourselves. You know, a lot of the time we're neglecting ourselves when we're in these kinds of relationships. So the first thing really is just like gaining that awareness. And then I'm really big on like a ramp up at that point, like really gassing yourself up, just like not even focusing on that person, even if you know you're about to exit a relationship, just really like bringing all of your focus in, concentrating it just really deeply within yourself and giving yourself all of the self-love you can possibly muster up, doing everything under the sun that you can think of that is going to make you feel good. I always am a big advocate of uh, doing something physical and doing something artistic because that moves the energy, you know? Mm. Um, So processing some of that energy and gassing yourself up before you even look at, okay, what is the next step boundary wise? Because you want to be in a good place. You don't want to be like down in the hole in the sunken place begging for a boundary, you know? You want to gas yourself up and feel good uh, and then approach it because then you're not going to fold on your boundary so easily either which uh, we all have issues with from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And I want to talk about that too. I think that's such a good point because anytime that I've, especially I'm just thinking about my mother because that's in, in our space today in our conversation. Anytime I've tried to set a boundary or had to have a conversation and I've come at it from that place of, what kind of lack, a lack of boundaries in needing that boundary and finding myself almost a little desperate for the boundary. It doesn't unfold the way I want it to. When I know that I'm coming from a place of self-love and like, okay, I, I need this for me. This is just how it needs to be. It's such in such a better place. So I love that you bring that up. I want to talk also because I did an episode on the empath narcissist cycle. Mm. Mm-hmm. My relationship with a narcissist of 10 plus years on and off, you know, the drill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how that's such a manifestation of like, so much other stuff going on in your life. Did you find that your relationship with your parents or kind of your upbringing kind of manifested in other relationships? A million percent. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) And like in the very worst way too. my first boyfriend, when I was, um, I dated him from 16 to 19 was like 
outrageously abusive. And I didn't even realize how abusive he was for such a long time because he was treating me the same way my mother did. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when your frame of reference is so skewed, it's not even about looking the other way as much as it is just like, yep, this is how it is. (laughs) Okay. I guess I just suffer. That's I have to suffer for love. You know, and it really took me a very, very long time and an immense amount of work to get out of that. I had, um, it was funny, I was talking with my therapist about this today, actually. (laughs) It's like I like had been leveling down for so many years in terms of like toxicity and relationships. Like I had that one when I was really young that was just absolutely gnarly. He should be in jail for the rest of his life for what he did to me. (laughs) Like awful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had other relationships that like got progressively less and less toxic. And, uh, and I was able to move into less and less toxic relationships only by setting boundaries and leaving when the boundaries were not respected, uh, even yeah. more importantly, because, you know, you could set boundaries all day, every day, but if someone's not going to comply with your boundaries, respect your boundaries, that's when you go, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And it really like, I definitely got into, um, an addictive cycle with both avoidance and addiction and sex and love. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, Oh my gosh, that really has been such a journey for me. And I'm so grateful that I've like really taken the time and put the effort into healing that because I've got a a really loving, healthy relationship now. And I just don't think that I ever thought that I was deserving of that for so many years, but I figured out that I am and thank God. Yeah. And it's so funny that this comes up because I just, one of my most recent videos that is getting a lot of attention was about why we go for the toxic, emotionally unavailable people. And when the emotionally available person comes along, we're like, (laughs) why do, you know, like, oh, and so many people are like, ouch, lower your tone. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's resonating with so many people. And I, my point in that video is that we're comfortable with relationships that have told us we're not good enough. Totally. And so that's why we keep just, that's just what we think love is. And so we kind of stay there. So I want to, how, how did you over that time come into a relationship that was healthy and loving? And how did you accept it? How did you work on accepting it and knowing that you were worthy of it? Yeah, accepting it was one of the hardest parts, honestly. As I as I built myself up, as I made those boundaries, as I decided I was deserving of them, whether I believed I was or not, people, people fall out of your life when you have solid boundaries. That is something that I have learned. I left all of those relationships. I... Um, I've never been broken up with. I always will go first. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm quick to run. Aries Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, as I, as I exited those, I just I think I I felt better and better and better about myself. Every single time I broke up with someone, I would have just a massive glow up. I talk to my clients all the time about what I call springboards. You know, there are times in our lives where things get really raw, really painful, really gnarly. And we're really given this springboard, this opportunity to jump energetically 
in a way that we didn't really even have access before, uh, just because the energy has gotten to a certain point. And so I really used every single one of those springboards along the way. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and also like, I'm, I'm straight sober in like 12 step SLAA, which is sex, love addicts, anonymous. I had to, I just saw myself in this pattern that I could not seem to get out of. I would date people long-term and then I would be single and like really mess around (laughs) and date people long-term. And I just found myself doing that constantly and none of it was ever fulfilling. And Mm -hmm. I found myself in a meeting one day and those meetings really, really changed a lot for me. Uh, They really, really did. I don't think that I would have been able to fully release the level of wounding in that space of my life had I not had the support uh, of that group. It was really beneficial for me. That's amazing. And I love that you talk about that and that you're so open about that because there are so many ways that we cope with that toxic or wounded or anything like that. And especially for empaths, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's so common for empaths to turn to alcohol or drugs or any type of coping because of how deeply they feel and how they, in the beginning, when they're not kind of understanding why or how to process all of that information, they just kind of turn to coping mechanisms so that they can avoid processing it or process it in a different way. So I love that you talk about that and that you're so open about that because I think it's, it's important to talk about. And yeah, that I do it's too. Pretty... That's why I talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just thinking, I think we're all going through so much more than uh, so much more in common than we're ever aware of. I, I really am a big believer in just like putting it out there. Something that I'm working through as after leaving that relationship with a narcissist And I get questions about this online too. How have you built the trust within yourself to not go back to those cycles? You know, I just have decided that I'm sick of being sick is really what it boils down to for me. I got really sick of being sick. And every time I feel drawn into that, which I, I mean, I've been sober for four years now, and I still will occasionally feel drawn into some toxic crap. And it's always when chaos is ensuing elsewhere in my life, you know, yeah, um, it's yeah. very much a, a trauma response, really. But I just really have decided that I'm sick of being sick. And I've endured enough abuse in my life. And I deserve a peaceful existence. Uh, and I will just sit there with that hand over my heart and tell myself that over and over and over and over again, even if I don't believe it at the moment. Uh, and eventually my body will kind of catch on because when we do get activated like that, it is a trauma response. You know, addiction is all about trauma, regardless of what that looks like addiction or avoidance. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all, it's different sides of the same coin. It it was so, it's so hard to explain for me to to my friends or people in my life who didn't really understand why I kept going back to that guy. Yeah. They were like, well, why he's a piece of shit. Why are you going back for the 4 millionth time? And it acts so much like an addiction. It's like anytime I was feeling down about myself, it was like, well, why not? Why don't I just send him a little text, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I get (laughs) caught in the same spiral. And there was just 
one small moment, like you're saying, where I was just like, I'm tired of putting myself through this. I get to a place. I'm just tired. I'm tired of putting myself through this. And it doesn't really, I, I love what you said. I deserve a peaceful existence. Yeah. Also, I think about my inner child a lot in those times too, of just like, and you know, and this goes for anybody, regardless of how chaotic or peaceful your childhood was. Like, I I have an easier time doing things for my inner child than I do myself. So oftentimes if I'm struggling to take care of myself in any way, that being one of the larger things I've struggled with in my life, uh, I really, I think about my inner child. I picture myself at about age seven and I'm like, Ooh, would I tell that little girl (laughs) to enter into that shit? (laughs) Right. Right. The answer is no, no. (laughs) (laughs) That brings up something so interesting that you said in my reading, there was something that you had said, Oh, like about taking care of yourself. And you, you mentioned this in some of your TikToks that like, I'm going to take care of myself, especially when I don't want to. And I find myself definitely getting in that place. And we talked about eating lunch and how I will just kind of keep working and how you, you told me you were like, you are kind you need to eat lunch and your inner child needs to eat lunch. And it is this way of almost punishing yourself and trying to work through that for people who are in that place. I don't want to do the self-care right now. I don't feel like it today. Where, what is like the one thing that you would tell somebody to do in that moment? The next right step. I'm so big on this. This changed my life. Really listen up to this one, (laughs) y'all. The next right step. Don't worry about the whole list of things you have to do today. Don't worry about all of the people you need to get in contact with. Don't worry about all the things you need to do to take care of yourself. No, just worry about the next right step, which for me is often eating uh, Mm -hmm. because that's one way that I will kind of subconsciously sabotage myself. Uh, the next right step is almost always eating for me. And then once we've done the next right step, we're going to have enough energy to maybe do the next next right step. So maybe I've, I've eaten and now I need to go work out. And after that, then the next right step is to take a shower. And all of this, it builds us up, you know, instead of getting caught in that kind of frozen space, which again is very much a trauma response. We, we say, okay, I'm just going to focus on this, just this. Don't worry about what the next, next right step is, just the next right step. And from there, every single time without fail, I have at least a little more energy to move through the day instead of just getting stuck, which I think so many of us do so often. I'm like thinking I did that a few days ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I just needed to eat. And your way, uh, you said this in my reading too, it's just this way we subconsciously sabotage ourselves. Yeah. And just want to either keep working or avoid or freeze. Like you said, all trauma responses. So I love that. Just the next right step. Speaking of my reading... Because you looked at me when we got on the call and you were like, we, we've had a past life together. <laughs> You're like, we have. And I was like, yeah. So the one that came up that I think I talked about in my past lives episode, if you haven't listened to that, go listen. But this one where I killed you. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this? I do. <laughs> we were lovers. Yes. And we were lovers and you were just taunting me 
right? Do you remember the story? <laughs> I So it's always interesting. In my readings, I'm in a bit of a trance state. So I remember... Yeah. Uh, anywhere between 40 and 70%, but I do remember yeah. this. I remember yeah. seeing you kill me. Uh, and I remember just like us giggling about it, which is so funny how life works. You know, something that can be like the most significant thing in one lifetime, you'll giggle with a, a new friend from TikTok in another right. life about. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny too, because you were like, I am... I'm the same way. I kind of go into a trance, don't really remember too much, but obviously remembered this because I was like, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> you were like, I'm just going to confirm this really quick before I say it. Um, yeah, you killed me in a past life. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And we were just like laughing. And then you asked Spirit if there was anything that we were taking from that lifetime. And they were like, no, I just thought you guys would think it was funny. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, it's, and that's what, when I do past life work with my clients, I do everything through the filter of, um, cause people do past life readings in all sorts of different ways. But the way that I do it is I, I read, I look into it with your guides and I say, okay, let's look at, uh, anything that we can and need to heal today. Anything that is interesting, nothing that is going to derail us. <laughs> nothing mm-hmm. that's going to be too harmful. Because sometimes if mm. you go into a past life reading without that, that kind of a lens on it, sometimes it can be a little too intense and it can be very destabilizing, especially mm. if you're not prepared for it. So I think mm. it's really important, ethically speaking, for me, I'm, yeah. I think it's really important to put those uh, filters, as I like to call on them. So let's get into that. Uh, the past life readings that you do. I want to talk about how you process information from spirit. Cause you said like, I saw you kill me. So what kind of the six clairs, what clairs do you work with the most? How do you process information from spirit? Um, so I've got, I've got a little bit of all of the clairs. Uh, my clear sentience, the clear knowing is definitely the strongest for me. I've always just known things I have no business knowing, uh, i.e. people being pregnant at church or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so most of the information just drops in. Uh, and and honestly, when I'm, when I'm in a reading, again, I'm in a, a certain state, uh, not like a full trance, but a trance-like state. And so, I mean, stuff will come out of my mouth without me ever even processing a thought about it. It just channels right through me. Um, And so spirit will sometimes just go straight through me like that. Sometimes there are things that I just have a very clear knowing of and, and the clairvoyance as well. I I'll see scenes when I look into past lives, I see scenes a lot of the time, but there's also always like a lot of emotion that comes through with stuff. And in my readings in general, uh, spirit will show me a lot of things in metaphor. Uh, and there are certain, there are certain things that my team that I, that I know, like, like an egg is going to be rebirth, uh, new birth, mm-hmm. something coming into creation, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, that for example. So I'll see, I'll see kind of metaphors as well that I see metaphors more often when we're looking at just kind of like the energy of a situation someone's working through in their current life, uh, mm-hmm. past lives. It's more of, I'll see scenes, so to speak. Yeah. And feel yeah. the feelings. Sometimes there's physical sensation that comes. Uh, like when I saw you kill me, I felt I felt it. <laughs> I was like, oh, like how? Oh. Because you're kind of processing so much information. How do you work through setting boundaries with spirit 
if you need to, because you're processing so much information, have you had to set boundaries with spirit and be like, you know what, not at 3am right now (laughs) or anything like that? I a hundred percent have. I, I set, uh, I had to set some really specific intentions, protections, uh, around, nighttime around sleeping. Cause yeah, I would wake up at like three, 4am and you know, stuff would be going on and I'd be like, um, can I please sleep? I have to work tomorrow. Uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, I had to get really specific uh, about that and really just have a dialogue with my guides around what I was going to allow in, what I was not. Um, and also in like social situations, I had to set some boundaries of like, I like, I don't care if you're so-and-so's uncle and you want to say hi, like, I I can't spend my life just going at the whim of whatever spirit is in the room. Right. Uh, and so setting some uh, boundaries around when I'm going to really give my attention to it as well. But yeah, you do have to set some big energetic boundaries. And it takes some time to navigate them. But at the end of the day, what I found the most interesting about that is that those boundaries you set with spirit, with energy, uh, are not too dissimilar from the boundaries we set with each other, at least good mm-hmm. ones, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's also when I realized that if I was having like psychic attack or something, when I really realized that I was the one holding the power, I'm the one here in a body, and that I could say, leave me alone, no, and then they have to go, you know, they can't mess with you. You just have to really claim your sovereignty um, and set that boundary. Uh, And if you need to, if you need to scream it, you got someone messing with you at 3am, you scream away, you know, you set that boundary just as firmly as you need to. Right. Yeah, exactly. I've, I that's what I found. That's why I said 3am because I feel like that's when they because the, that's when you are in this kind of half asleep state. And totally. so you can kind of process information in a better way. You're not on your phone or doing something else. So they're like, Oh, perfect opportunity to talk about something. You're like, No, I have to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, a Taurus. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm a little, we're both Taurus queens on this call. Get out of here. This Get is precious out. time for me. So do you have any, uh, how do you kind of separate and cleanse after your readings and in your reading space? So I have a, I have a little like prayer that I do for myself every day where I release any energy that is not of me. Uh, back uh, to source with love and light, call back any energy that I've lost with love and light through source. Um, And I'm always surprised by how much that does for me. Uh, When I first started doing this really regularly, I would forget to do that and then be like losing my mind later that night. And my partner was like, have you you like done your thing? (laughs) Have you done the thing? (laughs) Can you do the thing? Um, I like you better when you do the thing. Uh, That's so funny. And I have to, have to, have to, have to take a salt bath at least once a week. I do that uh, generally uh, at least once a week, right at the end of my my week, uh, my week of reading to to kind of like, so I can go into my break in a, in a space where I'm actually at peace and not carrying anyone else's stuff. Those are great, great tips. What's I mean, your favorite I talk- way? I do those. I haven't done the salt bath in a long time. 
I so need to good. do that. That's why I was just like kind of staring at you. Like I need to make a mental reminder to do the solve path. <laughs> <laughs> that one is shockingly good. Honestly, yeah. I feel like a different person after a salt bath and I'll yeah. turn on like healing hurts and stuff. So it's vibrating the water. I'll throw a rose quartz in there. Mwah, beautiful. Oh, chef's kiss. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I have no water in my big three. So that's why I feel like I yeah. love to be in water a lot of the time. That's yeah. my excuse. That's good. Not that I need one, but yeah. Um, I also do kind of like a an intro and an outro of grounding, clearing my energy. It's kind of a prayer, clearing out all the energy that's not mine, returning that to the earth to be recycled, blah, blah, blah. And then restoring my be- energy back, anything that I might have lost. So yeah. And it, it does do, it's, it's about the intention. It's about doing it. It makes such a big difference. It really does. Okay. So let's talk about what you're working on right now. What are your offerings? What is coming up that you want to share? So right now, uh, my offerings, uh, I used to have kind of segmented out readings. And I found that a lot of them bled together. So I really am just offering a general reading right now that I always start out. um, Every single time I give your guides the floor to start out, let them uh, convey any messages that might have been missed, anything that is important for you to know right now. And then we'll go into whatever questions uh, people have. So some people have questions about past lives. Some people want to spend the whole thing exploring past lives. Um, Some people, most people come in with some stuff that has been troubling them in their life that they need to spend some time focusing on finding some clarity and solutions. And so that's really what we spend the bulk of uh, our time together on in my sessions. And I love, love, love helping people find solutions to problems. Oh, I love it mm-hmm. so much. It's so nice <laughs> to yeah. be able to help with that. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's really what we what we do. And I offer a 30-minute reading, an hour-long reading. And I also do little mini readings on Etsy where you can get just that, that general uh, spirit guide reading that I do at the top of any one-on-one reading uh, or just a, you can ask a question. And uh, if you've got something specific, you just gotta gotta know about. I did just I did just teach a class, and that's still uh, it's still available. It's all recorded, so you can go ahead and watch the whole thing if you wanted to. It's a, a six hour course called Breaking Free: The Return to Joy. That course was so much fun to teach. I really really enjoyed that, um, and yeah, the whole course is still available. So that's available on my link tree as well. Go get it, people. Go, Go get it, Nation. It There's a lot of really, really, really good stuff in that course. Uh, I packed it pretty densely. So it's it's definitely worth checking that out, that one out. So you're also an actor, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. What are you doing in that realm? A very interesting other side to you that I love. So talk me about that. Talk to me about that. So I've been acting for a little over 20 years now, which is outrageous. Uh, I love it. It is really just kind of a different fold of a lot of what I do with the psychic work, honestly, because it's all really about um, getting into someone else's energy and understanding how that energy moves. Uh, And so that's all that was always so attractive to me, understanding people. Um, And that's really why I got into acting. And I've... uh, I've written and directed, I've uh, 
written a few things on film and directed both in theater and in film. Uh, I've done musicals. I got to play Roxy Hart in Chicago, the musical. Uh, oh my gosh. It's been great. It's been really you great. You would be such a great, I mean, you are a great Roxy. I love that. That was so Oh fun. my gosh. One of my <laughs> favorite so characters. Right? She's <laughs> wild too. She's oh wild. Gosh. It was so fun. Anytime that I've had a character that I felt is really dissimilar from me in the beginning, uh, I find at the end of the journey that there's so much more similarity, so much more commonality uh, and the the deep kind of shadowy folds, the underbelly uh, than I would ever have guessed. And it's just always such a fun, uh, humbling process working with a different character. And I'm writing something right now. I won't say too much about it, but I'm writing something right now that has to do with um, psychic children. So Ooh. that's something to look out for one day. Oh, exciting. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love that you were, you mentioned like, acting is so much about being in the energy of someone else because I've always seen, I've always kind of seen, I feel like a lot of actors are empathic and I can just kind of see that that is a way that they embody the characters by embracing that energy and the whole thing, the whole energy energetic body of them. So that's so interesting that you bring that up. I I think you're totally right. There's not, and I know, hundreds and hundreds of actors <laughs> doing this so long. I can't think of a single really good actor who is not an empath, honestly. Yeah. It really is such a thing. Um, and it is, it's, it's a, when you really are doing it right. Uh, and I mean, I've, I studied the Meisner technique for many years. Uh, I'm still in an acting studio studying the Meisner technique. I taught it a little bit as well. Um, and that's all about living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Uh, so it is, it's getting in that energy and then just being, and mm-hmm. that's what good acting is <laughs> really yeah. is that simple. Sometimes I've found that, especially in manifesting, there <gasps> is a little bit of acting there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I tell my actor friends all the time. I'm like, you guys already have this shortcut for manifestation that most people are not in tune with. Cause when you, when you really go there, acting wise, you know, that's, that's a manifestation method. Exactly. Um, and so if you, if you can get comfortable with getting into the feeling of something really feeling, okay, so say you say you want a raise thinking, Oh, what would it feel like to get a raise? And just like kind of closing the eyes, feeling in the body, what those sensations are, whatever emotions start to pull up and like, just kind of just, swim in that for a second, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's the same thing with acting. It really is. Uh, it's just the same thing. There's so many parallels between acting, art in general, and uh, yeah. the intuitive stuff. There really are. I love how you put it. Kind of a shortcut. Acting as if is such a big thing in manifestation and pulling that feeling into your body and embracing it. And what would it be like to get the raise? So yeah. And letting yourself enjoy it before it's there. And it's the same thing as like one of my favorite things I've ever heard manifesting wise is like, it needs to be like you put in an order at a restaurant, right? You, you put in your order and then you assume your order's coming and, and you, but you don't work, you don't worry about it. You're just like, yeah, that's coming. That's mine. I have that Mm -hmm. sandwich on the way. Uh, so you really just have to think of it that way too, uh, releasing it, not holding on too, too tight to it, but also like, yes, 
of course the sandwich is coming. I ordered the sandwich. (laughs) Right. So how can people connect with you? How can they find you? I'll have some links below for everybody, but how can people connect with you? You can find me at Spirit with Joy on TikTok and Instagram. My link tree is uh, on both of those as well. If you want to look into booking a session with me or joining the class, Breaking Free, Return to Joy. And yeah, there's all sorts of good stuff on there. I'll link everything down below for the Elevation Nation so they can connect with you. And thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing all of your beautiful, wonderful wisdom. I look up to you so much. And thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything you do, dude. I really love and appreciate you. I'm so glad we connected. So yeah, that's Alexandra. I hope you loved this episode. I love to listen back to it. I found that she had such beautiful insights. And I appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to connect with Alexandra, she is at Spirit with Joy on all platforms. And I'll have her link tree below so that you can connect with her. I hope you love this episode. I have a lot of wonderful guests coming on, as I said, over the next few weeks, and I'm so excited to share those conversations with you. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you can stay updated in this Elevation Nation. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, rate this podcast five stars, write a review, and you can find me at The Elevated Empath on all platforms to let me know what you think about this episode and what you'd like me to talk about next. And I hope you feel so elevated and I'll see you next time.